Good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Perfect. Hi, I'm Donovan, Principal DevOps Manager at Microsoft, and I'm here with Jill from the Windows team, and we're going to learn how Windows uses VSTS for work item tracking. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell me what you do here at Microsoft. So I'm a group program manager in the engineering systems. Okay. And what I do in WDG, so Windows and Devices Group, and I work on all of the work management. Wow. So how we handle our work items, how we handle our planning process, how we handle our dependencies amongst teams, both in Windows and across Microsoft. Okay. And we kind of manage the VSTS account for WDG. Okay, so let's talk about your Scrum shop, Agile shop, what's your sprint length? Let's just start there yeah. first. We're all of the above. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> we are, um, you know, Windows WDG is made up of many beasts. Okay, you know this. Yes, like we it's very are, big. we are Hololens. We are Surface. We actually still have Xbox, even though they orged fancy. Okay, uh, we still have them in our account. We still Perfect. manage their work items. We have Core, which are like the guts of Windows. Okay, the silicon and the <laughs> um, kernel, and we have all those teams. And so we're not any one pure type of shop. Okay. Like, so the silicon team and the surface team, they plan long. Gotcha. They have agile practices, but okay. they plan for long periods of time. There would still be more traditional waterfall type of yeah, development. There, there are elements of silicon that you okay. just have to do. Fair in enough. Really and it's way. just interesting because I tell yeah. people that. I was like, don't. Don't think waterfall doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, and it, it can work if your target is, I tell you, if your target is stationary, you can work backwards and yeah. be very successful. It's when your target moves that yeah. Agile starts to shine. So it's interesting to hear that not only are we still waterfall in some areas, but it sounds like we're doing it quite well. Yeah, and, and it's interesting to me because like we ship uh, at every single cadence. We have okay, teams that sure. ship daily. We have teams that ship weekly. We have teams that ship monthly. So we have every different cadence. Okay. Um, and so one of the things that makes us unique is we have to have work processes that support every type of way you can want to work. Interesting. And so you've got the silicon team, which is like, I need a promise from you that you're going to do this work for me in 18 months. Oh. And you have the store team, which is like, I don't know, remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to get out today. Right. Um, and so I always look at like my job you know, in some senses, is about brokering a system that manages everybody's preferences with some common rules of the road. Wow. Like, we have to have the same speed limit terms, we have to have a currency that we sure. all use, we have to all agree to drive on the left or the right. right. Um, but then beyond that, like, I have to give you the level of flexibility of what kind of car you want to have. Interesting, because it's funny, because when I've interviewed Aaron Bjork, who does the work item tracking yeah. for VSTS, he calls it aligned autonomy. Yes. Which is yeah. a really interesting term. Yeah. We're aligned, but you're free to do what you need to do to be successful. And But yours is even to a further extreme, yeah. right? It's one thing to have 50 agile teams all sprinting at the same sprint cadence, but you have waterfall teams. Yeah. And are they taking dependencies on agile teams and vice versa? They are. Are they even using the same template? Are you using CMMI for the, for the silicon? We or? use... Um, we use custom templates that we've kind of. of but what, what, we do. Were the, what was their base uh, template? You're using because you're using VSTS. We are. We're using the base template from VSTS. Right. We just loaded it down with a whole bunch of extra. Gotcha. So did so the teams that are running, like the waterfall method, and those who are running pure agile, did they start from the same base, or did you have one start from CMMI and one start from agile and one start from? No, Scrum? I, and I, I don't mean to sound like I'm not answering it. Like sure. the truth is, we started from um, everybody got the agile template. 
Uh, that's what I was asking. That and, was asking. Okay. and then what happened is because you know if, if you know our origin story with how we got onto VSTS with Jared, no, I don't. Maybe, maybe Aaron yeah, has yeah, talked about. Okay. Um, you know the One ES movement came. Yep, I remember. And we yep. were like all in. We love One ES. We love working together. And so we took and at, at that same time they were doing the big reorgs. You know the yep. big One Microsoft reorgs. Yep. So what happened at the time was they took all the teams from their own local processes and their own local TFS and local sure. servers and local solutions. Sure. And they threw them into one VSTS account with the Agile template and said, go. Wow. And chaos ensued. Of Utter chaos of ensued. Of course. And then the way that that got brokered for about the first year was, and you need a field, and he needs a field, oh. she needs a field, because the Agile template just doesn't work for everybody. It, it, sure. it just doesn't. And so we ended up with this concophony yeah. of more and more and more and yeah. more and more. And I always think that one of the things that um, Certainly the VSTS found is interesting about the Windows story is what do you do when you've fallen off the precipice? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and you've kind of taken a product that was beautiful when you started because <laughs> you kind of like took it down, <laughs> down the tag. <laughs> and what do you do to rescue it? Yes, and I'll tell sure. you my favorite is um, when I first took over this job and we were in this kind of like pit of despair, um, Aaron Bjork came in and demoed VSTS. Uh, forgive me for calling it pure. That's um, fine. Pure VSTS. And he's demoing it to you know me and fancy people like the leaders. <laughs> and uh, and literally my boss turns to me and says, what product is he demoing? Wow. Because it doesn't look like what wow. we use. And he meant it as a joke, so sure. obviously he knew what Aaron yes. was. But we were both sitting like, this is not our life. And, right. this, and this actually looks like a pretty awesome tool. Like, what right. did we do to your exactly. beautiful tool? I, I was a process consultant before I joined Microsoft. Yeah. So I flew all over the world installing and implementing TFS back when it was the on-prem TFS. Yeah. And I can't tell you, countless customers did the exact same thing. Yeah. Because they could customize it, they did customize yes. it, even when they had no business doing so. Yeah. And I remember one customer, sounds like what you had gone through, I, I show up and they have on the screen just this graph. And I'm like, what am I looking at? It's like, it's our bug workflow. Right, and it's just like 85 <laughs> different states. I'm like, I don't understand why you have so many states. Like the bug was fine. Like, oh no, we need each state to represent this. And what they failed to realize is that, said, have you ever looked at that reason field? Like, yeah, we don't know what that's for. I'm like, that's why you have 80 states, right? They're supposed to work together. And then I said, tell me what this state means. I'm like, yeah, that's this state and this reason. Like, oh my God, I'm like, yeah, why yeah. didn't you learn how to use the tool before yeah. you went and did this? And we literally had to go back to the base template when they realized yeah. that, we just didn't take the time to learn it. So I tell everyone, read the documentation yeah. for the template that you have chosen before you go and modify it. And every time I do a show, like I'm, I'm a guest host on Visual Studio Toolbox, and I had one of the people from the Work Item Tracking come in and talk about the new customizations we're yeah. allowing. And in my stomach, I'm like, the more you allow them, the more they're going to abuse it. Yeah. Why are we letting them do this, yeah. right? So yeah. it's interesting to hear that we made the exact same mistake. Yeah. So we took the Agile template and we added to it everything everyone thought they would ever need. Yeah. And then, how and then some. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then how do you get yourself out of that? You know, that was the last two years wow. of of my life. That sounds soul crushing. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll retract <laughs> that a bit. Um, that was, you know, it, it partly because there is customization we need uh, uh, for who we are. Understood. But what we had done was the Oprah style, like, you get a field, you get a field, <laughs> you get a field, who else wants a field? And so we had, uh, the state machine is such a good one you bring up. Yes. We had no less than 
four state machines. Oh my goodness. And what's, what's fabulous, and what, you know, I'll, I can talk about how we solved it, but one of the funny stories I love from this is we pulled up the data on like, let's just, let's just look at the usage of some of these fields. Sure. We had two in particular we were gunning for. And so we pulled them up and said, just here is how people use these state machines. Right. And so you'd see these items that are completed and not committed. Gotcha. Or yeah. completed and cut. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Did you do it out of spite? Like, <laughs> exactly. I, I cut this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, uh, what is the completed cut state? Exactly. Um, and so we, we went through this process of, first, one of our big problems was we had run everything very centrally and had done it in this, you know, inclusive to inclusive without a plan way, but very centralized. So that created actually two op opposing ills at the exact same time. One, system bloat, system's sure. a mess. Sure. Two, acrimony. Wow. People feel like they have no say over the system, yeah. they don't understand the decision making, they think it's probably dumb because they're not doing it, and like right. it becomes this. So at the same time as people are getting everything they want from the system, uh, at that exact same time, they're mad at it because they're not included in the del delivery of it. <laughs> so kind of step one for us was to change the cultural norms on that. And I always think of it as taxation without representation. Like okay. we had to change it to representation. Okay. Um, my boss coined the term the Jedi Council. Oh, nice. It turns out if you call something cool, people show up to a meeting. <laughs> and so <laughs> learned a little life lesson there. Uh, so we called, we took an engineering leader from every part of WDG okay. and brought them together and said, these are the big problems we have to fix with work management. Okay. We need some common currency. We need it one state machine. Sure. We need less fields. Yep. And so that allowed each each engineering group basically to have a voice in the process, get their requirements in. So like, for example, the Silicon team was a representative. It's like, I, I have unique needs that I want represented um, and I have ways that I need other people to work for my workflow to work. Sure. And so that really helped us was getting that. And the other thing that we insisted in that process is you can't have a pocket veto. Okay. So if you designate a Jedi, it's a fancy <laughs> thing, if your Jedi shows up, they speak for your org. And oh, so if yeah. you, as their fancy person, don't like the decision they made, you shouldn't you sent, have empowered yeah, them. Yeah, you sent the wrong person. Yeah, and so that helped us with two big problems. Like one was actually getting consensus to get work done. Okay. And two was inclusion. People gotcha. feeling like, I know how to have a voice in the process. Okay. And it, it created other ills, as you can imagine sure. that model would, but it at least helped us get the big rocks moved. Okay. Second was we had to have a really targeted approach on what, what are the things that have to be federal Okay. What are the things we have to mandate that everybody does the same? And what's the stuff that's state and local? Like gotcha. the stuff where, you know what, if you want to use the system, if you want to use the boards, use the boards. If sure. you don't want to use the boards, don't use the boards. If you want to use this wit, use this wit. You don't want to use this wit, don't use this wit. Um, and we had to get a really small, tight, and curated list of common currency. Gotcha. And so that's the state machine. That's, you know, WDG cares a lot about dependencies. Okay. What's the work you're going to do for me so that I can ship my product? Right. Like, if I'm doing silicon bring up for HoloLens, sure. you need to be able to depend on that work and you want to be able to track it out of the millions of work items. Like, sure. I want to track those items. But to do that, they have to, we have to all agree what a dependency is, how we're going to anoint it, how we're going to know what it is, and how it travels through the system. So we had to pick a curated list of things that were going to be federal and then leave everything else to folks to figure out. So how many team projects are we talking about, though? That all can't be one team project for all these people, right? Uh, believe it or not, uh, we are 
three. Wow. So Store has a project, uh, Xbox has a project, and then everybody else is in what we call OS. Wow. Because I was thinking, I mean, I'm listening to you fight over this work, and I'm like, but why doesn't everyone just have their own? Yeah. Right? And that's why, because you only have three team projects for all of, and how many people are we talking about? So our account serves 33,000 people <laughs> in Microsoft. So that's a cheat, right? Because that's Microsoft. Because yeah. so, because you forget, I forget that Windows is the, the substrate of so many different projects. And so, Folks from Office have to work in our account, and folks from Skype have to work in our account, folks from Azure have to work in our account, and sometimes we have to work in theirs, but like sure. we're kind of a, a central hub. Um, so 33,000 people across Microsoft. Terry has 22,000 FTE, sure. and about 11,000 of them on any monthly basis when we do our MAO, it's about 11,000 people using the system at wow. a time. One account, three projects for 33,000 people, mm -hmm. right? So. This this helps me when anyone says, "Does it really scale?" Oh my gosh! I, I always giggle and I feel <laughs> bad when I laugh at them. I'm like, "Come on, man! There's nothing you're gonna throw at us that we haven't seen already." Like yeah. Windows is our largest customer. Now I was talking to Tony in another show, and he was mentioning that Office is also going to be just ginormous, right? Yeah. They're, they're even going to have a bigger repo than than um, than Windows is going to have, which blows my mind that yeah. there's more code in a app than the OS that runs the app. But yeah. um, I'm excited to see when they come over too. But back to Windows. So we talked a little bit about the fact that you had to make a huge people changes. Right? Yes. Your people really had to get on board, come to cons some consensus. Because mm -hmm. just like Aaron likes to say, you kind of have an aligned autonomy too, mm -hmm. right? It's like you, you you don't have to use every feature of VSTS, but you are going to use this state machine when you're creating an issue or dependency. Yep. And if you want to use the Kanban board, great. If you don't want to use the Kanban board, yep. but when you define a dependency, it's going to be defined this way because we all speak the same language going yep. across. How much resistance did you have even after you had this Jedi Council of people who said, I ha now have a voice? I can't imagine it still went terribly smoothly after that. Right. Does, does anything? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I mean, they're they're raising their hands, they're getting their words in there. But what are some lessons that we learned? And if you had to do it again, what are some things you might do differently? You know, I think um, one of the things I learned in this process, and it's kind of something you already led with, so I, it was I was late to the party in learning <laughs> this, is um, we were better off preventing bad behavior than allowing it and trying to remove it. So we had these two things going simultaneously where we were trying to fix the problem we had, which caused, in some ways, endless acrimony. Mm. It's like, you're making me change which how I hate. pay taxes. Like, I don't want to pay your taxes. I don't want to change how I pay my taxes. <laughs> I hate everything about this. <laughs> and and at the simultaneously, we're actually trying to create extensions that provide extra value for the workflows that WDG has that are unique. And in those places, we could build the policy in from the ground up, and those go seamless. Sure. People are like, I'm not trying to be malicious as an actor right. in your system. Right, right. I just don't know what your rules are. Right. And so when I invent my own and you tell me they're wrong, you create endless chaos for me for no reason. <laughs> you know. And so building the policy in from the ground up was, to me, one of the big lessons I took away from it is if you have things you don't want to have in the system, don't let them get in the system. Sure. And so when I think of you're like, careful when you tread down the customization yeah, road on the dangerous. form. Because once you say, well, I mean, you can have a field. Because, Yo, I mean, I get you. You're, exactly, you're exactly. smart. You need yeah, fields. You're special. But like once you do that, people are like, wait, I don't know if you noticed. I'm special too. <laughs> Pretty awesome over here. <laughs> exactly. My field need. <laughs> exactly. and, and you end up in this like, 
debate you can't win. Right. And so I like had I had it to do over again, we would have had either some kind of a threshold or a max that we would have allowed for any customizations and some sort of guardrails around it because what we found is when we create new systems or new tooling, we can put those around and nobody minds at all. Like, gotcha. oh, okay, this is the constraint of the system. Gotcha. I get that. Sure. I'm happy to work with that. That makes total sense to me. It's, it's explained in documentation. I can understand it and I know who to talk to if I have a specific thing I want to do against it. it. But doing it backwards, very difficult. So, so what a, what type of education or training did you put in place? And, and I'm kind of curious, where were you coming from? Before you were in VSTS, where were your work items? Where were your bugs? You know, they were in a smattering of different systems across any t particular team. So sure. TFS, Product Studio. Okay. I'm sure we still had some RAID out there, yeah. like just across all different systems. Okay. And so part of it was the big bet on VSTS. Okay. And at the time, VSTS couldn't do anything cross account. Sure. So that was why we were all in one big project and in sure. one big team. Gotcha. Um, and the other reason, in fairness, is there is this desire in WDG to be able to see all the work mm -hmm. and be able to reason on it together. Yeah. And so one of the sets of tools we've built is a way to see top down What's all the work going on and how does it accrue to something meaningful? Mm -hmm. You know, we have this stories concept. Mm -hmm. It's the wrong use of the word stories for agile. And so but it I'm always, sure. I always see people twitch a bit. Like, oh, you used it wrong, you used it wrong. Do not know that. Um, but you know, we call them, because we mean them as stories we'll tell our customers. So that was how we picked the word. Okay. Um, and that's the work that Terry and his LT review every six months. And they can use VSTS to do that right. because we have a view where we say, do you want to know how the, um, how the story we have around our devices. Do you gotcha. want to see how that work is all coming together and whether or not it's on track? Well, because we're all in the project together and we're all using common norms, we can show a view of that, which yeah. does provide value. Yeah, I remember when people would say, so I would go to a customer and they'd say, so how many team projects do we need? Yeah. My first question would be, how do you report status? Yes. Right, that's the number one way, because if you report status on a project or on this or on that, you want that to be the easiest thing. What are you asked for most often, the status on what? Yeah. Because we want to make sure that reporting that and getting you that answer is the easiest possible answer for you. And sometimes it means putting it in one project, sometimes it means breaking it apart, but I always led with how do you report status? And it sounds like you want to be able to see across your org. Yep. And it makes it really easy when they're all in the same place. Yep. It sounds like, like now I'm understanding why people cringe, because what you just described as a story sounds more like an epic. Yeah. Okay, good. So yeah. we're, so I did map that correctly. Yep. And, and then from your epic, you would have features and then stories broken down into, okay. Yeah, we have different names for because of course we do, but sure, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But I understand. At least now I've mapped it correctly to where it was supposed to be. So another thing I wanted to ask there is, so again, we're just kind of talking about education. So they came from these smattering of different systems. Was there a all right? We're going to go to everyone trained on VSTS before we move you over, or what? no? So no. that was enough. Something else that was yeah, probably it, it's, you know it's one of these where the desire to be part of the thing probably outpaced the readiness of the org to adopt said thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Where like we just threw everybody in and you know and 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 at the same time like we had to, mostly teams were used to tracking bugs. Okay. 
not used to tracking planning work, sure. right? Like sure. those are very different things. Sure. And so to throw everybody in and be like, now do it, and there's no like, and we as at the time we were the operating systems group OSG, mm -hmm. this is how we work. This is the common definition for how we work. Like, so you got really creative tinkers creating <laughs> really creative solutions in all parts of the system. Ouch, yeah, I can imagine. Again, that's something I can, I, I would think that going back and doing this over again, you would focus, because what I, what I want people to, that to get from the show is, all right, so Microsoft made some mistakes. What are the solutions? I don't want to just say, look, yeah. we messed up too and now we're better, but had you had a chance to go back and do this again, I would assume that you would go and educate everyone on, look, this is what, these are going to be the changes from what you do today, and let's not try to make this product exactly like your old product. We're, we're, I, I used to, that used to drive me nuts. Yeah. And so I'm like, so why did you customize it? Because we wanted it like our old system. Then why did you leave your old system? Yeah. I don't understand. You were leaving that system for a reason. Why did you bring all that baggage with you and just make this the other system? Yeah. And they were like, well, that's how we always do it. And yeah. it's just, and you just, you want to pull your hair out. Yeah. Right? Because like, this was an opportunity for you to, to really evaluate and determine, do I even need these customizations, right? Because you're going to go through so much effort to move them for what? And I, I really tell people, this is a really good opportunity for you to just take to some self-evaluation. Yeah. Do we need this? Learn how this other product works. Let's use it to the best of its ability. And if and only if it doesn't meet our needs, should we then customize it? Not literally, they haven't even created a single work item yet. Yeah. And they're customizing it to the nth degree. Yeah. And it sounds like you went through the same classic trap as everyone yeah. else. And what's interesting is with VSTS, it's even harder to get there, but you had to really try hard yeah. and screw up. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We got this. We got lessons <laughs> learned in how to do it if oh, you've got folks goodness. who want to. Oh, my goodness. So. My favorite, like, uh, it's a, a lesson I took from it um, that I would also say to people embarking okay. on this um, is be wary of the New Year's resolutions. Because we, what we found was the hardest thing to change and is still the hardest thing to change is, hey, here's these fields. Nobody's using them. Duh. But I'm going to. There no, you go. Yeah. No, it's been here for two years. Like, I know you're not using them. It, it's going to be critical to my workflow because I'm going to be the kind of person who's going to do that kind of stuff because I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to be buff. You don't understand. It's going to be crossed. It's going to be amazing. So don't judge my New Year's resolution. I'm totally going to be that person. Interesting. And you get into these really crazy making debates Interesting. because you can't fight someone's optimism about their future self. And so I would say the one thing I would encourage folks to be is be really careful of that because even now we've done loads of work to make it one of the fastest systems in the world, clearly the biggest in the world, with these with the tools we've added that we're actually really proud of and we think help the business. We still have places where we fight all the time against the kind of person people are going to be. Interesting. Like, no, no, I'm going to be the kind of person that not only maps my capacity, but then goes back and does a retrospective every single iteration to figure out how I spent it, and then I'm going to adjust forward. It's like, wow. but, I, but, I, but I can prove you're not that person. Yeah. But you, you don't know you. me exactly. or my soul, <laughs> and totally I'm going to be that person. And, and it, it's why I call it the New Year's resolution, where it's like, I, I can't fight your optimism for your future perfect wow. self. And so we found the only way, and this was in effect against personal optimism, to get most of the folks to the right place was to just show data about usage. And I would say for someone who's adopting it, like it's like a dog whistle, you gotta be listening for it. Sure, because sure. people will tell you like, no, I am going to curate four state machines. Wow. I'm, I'm going to, because yeah, it's so. Yeah, because I did this for so long. That's something I never, I never yeah. faced. That's 
fascinating. I could I can understand how difficult it would be to counteract that, right? Yeah. Like, I can't say you're never going to do this. Yeah. But I can prove that you've never done it. Yes. And how about we take it out now and I'll put it back when you're ready. That's yes. probably the, the, the conversation I probably would have had with them. It's easy to put back. Let's just take it out of your way now. And when it's this thing where folks wow. have this sense of what their requirements are that aren't based in, in the real world. Sure. And I, so I would say to especially big companies, like, be wary of that because we ran into that. We still run into that after this two-year campaign we've been on to, like, clean it back and get it back to a more sure. neutral version sure. of its true self. And we still face the, but you don't, you just don't understand. Wow. Like we have a, you know, a big debate we have internally is how many fields do you need that indicate who are the collection of people that work on an item? Right. Okay, so, that, so you're a pure master at this. The answer is one. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, that's <laughs> why there's only one on the field. Yeah. There's one. <laughs> uh, and, and the answer in our org is six. And, and the data shows, the data shows unequivocally that with there are certain pockets where there is like a team that curates one of those fields with precision and detail and love and care. But, but that's a small, there are, there are, you know, you do find these errants in, in the data. But if you look at the mass of the data, nobody uses those fields. Right. I can't remove them. Wow. I, and I go back and I'm like, hey, nobody's using those. Jill, Jill, Jill. <laughs> Just wait, Jill, sweetie. See. Like, I need you to understand. <laughs> I'm gonna be those people. Wow. And it's like, but I can prove there's 30 of them. <laughs> they're super diligent. Right. I, I appreciate their love for the field, but I can prove they're using it. So yeah. those 30 people should probably keep that field. Sure. But everybody else, they open up the work item, and every single day on that tab, they see six fields that they're never gonna touch. Yeah, it's just more confusing and everything else. And I would force them like, well, then you need to break those tasks down again. Yeah. Right? If six people are gonna touch it, yeah. why don't you break it down into six smaller tasks that only need one person to do them? Yeah, and right? it, they're not thinking about it in that granular way. Because it's the optimism. Yeah. Because it's, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I am going to, I, am go I mean, don't now. But I'm going to be the kind of person that fills it in for myself, queries on it every day, checks my items, and keeps ta tabs on them. Wow. And you're like, but you're not. Yeah, yeah, but you don't not. have much time, right? I mean, I mean come on. You're not going to go to the gym. Like, it's okay. <laughs> we can talk about this for real. Like, you're not. You don't have time. You're busy. Wow. Um, so I would say that that was for us at least one that's, it, to this day, is one that I still have Struggle pockets with. of resistance on. Right. And, that, and, I, and it always boils down. Whenever I define DevOps for customers, I always bring it down into three pillars, which is the people, the process, and the products. Yeah. And that's a people problem. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. Right. And it's just the longer they've been doing it, the way that they've been doing it, the harder it is to convince them that they don't need to do it that way. Yeah. And what's interesting in the scenario that you just gave, they haven't even been doing it yeah. that way. This is how they've been envisioning doing it for the last 30 years. Yeah. Still haven't done it to this day, yeah. but no one day they're going to do it. Yeah. And it's just, it's so painful. And it's just, yeah, it's it's frustrating at times. But I found the only way I'm ever successful is when I hire someone in to say it to them. I've been saying yeah. it to them for a year. They don't believe me. Yeah. But when the same uh, an ex external consultant comes in and says the exact same words, for some reason they hear it for the first time. Yeah. So I always joke and say, hire the asshole. <laughs> hire the person who's going to come in and say no to people who aren't accustomed to being said no to. And for some reason, because they're hired in, they feel that they have this obligation to listen to the highly paid consultant. Yeah. Literally say the exact same words that you're telling them. So yeah. if, if, if that is the only way you can get it to work, you got to get that form usable. Again, yeah. Right. The more you put on it, the more people are going to abuse it and misuse it, leave stuff blank. And you can't make them all mandatory because 90% of the people don't use them. But the one yeah. person who wants them needs them to be mandatory. Yep. Right. And then it completely breaks down the whole system again, which is painful. So obviously we need to do 
it, going back in time, do more training and education up front. Not only of the people and what they're going to transfer from, but how to use the system itself before you go let them make customizations. Well, right? and how do you work? Yeah. Like, what are the things that we're all going to agree we're all going to do? Right. And, right. and, you know, to your point of, like, if you fix the people problem by clearly defining and educating on the process, then the tools are super they're easy. easy. They are the easiest part. Yeah. That's why I tell everybody. It's the people. In the, I think the process might even be easier than the products. Because we know how to do this, yeah. right? There's books and books and books on how to do Agile well, how to do Scrum specifically very well. We know how to do that, right? The products are just there to make that easier. But if those people don't get it, there's no products and process in the world that's going to work for you. Yeah. And when you're moving a ship of 30,000 people, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that you've made as far as you have in two years, right? Because yeah. I would think that you'd been on much larger... Did you have a lot of buy-in from the top? We did. Okay. You know, one of the things that helped us was... There is this, t we have all of these individuals who need to get work done with the system. Sure. And it's that same concept of when there's concentrated benefits and diffuse cost. Okay. Those are the hardest problems to solve. Sure. Because everybody here can bear 90 fields. You know, our bugwit had 181 fields. Like, that. Though they can all bear that. It's, just, it's like a grain of sand in their shoe every single day. But there's a set of folks for whom it is critical that those fields, I know that sounds silly when you say, I would say, like, one of the toughest things for me to explain to people when I'm like, they're like, what do you do, Jill? And I'm like, I fight with people about fields on a form yeah. every single day. <laughs> I feel you're judging and I don't need it. Like, it's this really interesting problem of, like, you've got folks who every single day pay the cost of that. But you do have folks who lobbyists who have like a real concentrated benefit from it and and it's really hard to solve the diffuse problem because no one person is super angry about right. it just right. everybody is a little bit slowed down sure. by it so we were lucky that from the tippy top we were like i'm hearing on dissatisfaction with this okay and it's nothing specific it's just sort of the general like it's not working for us so go figure out what's not working and why um, and that gave us a lot of permission to drive for tools improvements, process improvements, and then help with, with you know, I was going to say people improvements. That's too harsh. It, but but like, I know what you mean. Yeah, this, it's getting that. And I always, tell, I always tell people what we try to do, or I try to do being undevdiv uh, before I moved to the Azure side, was I want to produce the best products in the world. Yeah. Because I think that's going to make it easier to convince the people to use them. Right. If the tools are painful and hard to use, they're going to resist it even more. Yeah. So if I can produce the world's best products, they're just going to be curious. Yeah. They're going to want to use it. And it sounds like that's what happened to you. Everyone wanted to be on there, yeah. but they wanted it to be like their old system as yes. well. Yes, right? they wanted so they the were, security blanket. Yeah, they all wanted the, yeah, one, one ES, right? one engineering system for Microsoft. We get it. We're excited. So that was the draw for them, yeah. right? But they were just too resistant to let go of the old way of doing things. Well, and when there is no bigger yes, yeah. it's hard to say no to what for you sure. know. For sure, for sure. Know, and I, I feel like part of it for us is like, even in the way we work, Agile's not gonna work for everybody. That's okay. We just have an obligation to paint the bigger yes. Sure. Which is, you know, I, I do love Aaron Bjork's aligned autonomy. Like, yeah. if you can align on the things that provide interstate commerce, we all benefit. Sure. And I don't need Georgia to look exactly like Maine. Right. Like, I just don't. Exactly. I, but I do need to be able to drive from Maine to Georgia. And right. I need to be able to pay for things in the same way. And so we really benefited from top-down support for that. And once we started to be able to provide the bigger yes, we got a lot more excitement about, the, oh, wait, now I see how this can benefit right. me. And I've noticed that a lot. And people always ask me, so Donovan, 
where do you see the most success taking an, an organization and moving them through this digital transformation? Like when I get buy-in from the top. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if they don't get it, then they're going to resist all the agile transformation and because they're going to want Gantt charts and milestones. Yeah. They're going to want things that simply don't match the way that we work anymore. And getting that groundswell just isn't enough because they're going to impede your progress by asking you to produce and translate like what you do into the words that they understand. If they don't communicate with you in the same language, they're going to be the impedance mismatch there. So I was like, I always have best success when I can get the C-level execs to say, I just went to a conference, Agile is awesome, why aren't we doing this, yeah. let's go do this. Because then I can apply pressure all the way down. Yep. But applying pressure the other way, because the devs aren't going to say no to their bosses. Yeah. When their boss asks for a Gantt chart, they're not going to say, Gantt charts are stupid, they don't make yeah. sense in Agile, they're going to go figure out how to map their burn down to a Gantt chart. Right? Yep. And it's just going to be this horrible waste of time. And luckily, and I, I think the reason that we're so fortunate is because we are a software company. Yeah. Right, so we're a software-minded com- individuals first, and we understand that Agile's right. So I think getting that buy-in from the top for us was easy. When I go to a company who's manufacturing first, or an automobile company first, and then we try to tell them DevOps best practices or Agile practices, that really just does not line up, and we have a lot of, lot of struggles. So it's good to hear that we at least had the buy-in from the top. Yep. We had the excitement. We just had to let people get people to let go of their older ways of doing things. So what other lessons did you learn or would you share with people who are making a transformation from, and yours, again, yours is really unique, the fact that you're not all agile. Yeah. Right? So how, and I'm also curious, how do you align and how do you plan a waterfall project alongside an agile project that have interdependencies with each other? Uh, you know, the biggest ways we have, um, we all use a common taxonomy for iteration. So that's all common. And so there are teams that go smaller. There are teams that, uh, we all use the same iteration language. There are teams that also use like the weekly language or the daily language, um, but it all accrues up to the same monthly language or on monthly iterations. Um, And when we can do that, we can align schedules, which means that if you are, and then we plan by releases, which is every six months, some big release comes out from uh, WDG. Mm-hmm. And so when we can align against those two timelines, then everything that everybody's doing in between can just hit those marks and have the right conversations to align folks. So okay. dependencies are the most interesting. Like we have in our system, to, before we archived the system, we had 11 million work items. And of those, there actually are about 2,000 a release that everybody cares about. That's why I keep harping on dependencies. Okay. Like, there's a whole bunch of flotsam in the system that sure. can kind of do its own thing. Sure. There's a whole bunch of high-level stuff in the system that can kind of do its own thing. It's there mostly to provide structure for things to nest in. Okay. Um, but then there's the workers, right? Like the worker wits that are just where all of the information and the trade and the conversation is happening. And the truth is you don't care about all of those either. You care about, certainly at the top-down level, at the middles-in level, at the bottoms-up level, there are this set of about 2,000 releases that someone's going to come yell at you about. Those are dependencies. (laughs) Those are like, please don't hose the devices. Please don't hose store. Please don't hose Sigma. You know, please make sure they can do their job by you doing your job. And so we put more tooling more customization, more process, more focus on that, because everything else can kind of adjust around it. Okay. And so that's where we have 
you know, we have people involved who care deeply about that and make sure it stays on the rails. We have processes that are unique to dependencies to make sure that they traverse through the system well and healthy. And we have tooling to support it. Now, you mentioned that several times. So is there, there sounds like there's been a lot of custom tooling outside of VSTS that you've invested in as well. Yeah, as extensions in VSTS, yeah. I see, okay, so great, so you're just using the normal extension normal methods one. to go and add, what is it, are these widgets, are they dashboards, we, what are you adding? All of the above, okay. we've added three custom dashboards, one of okay. which is our tracker for dependencies, okay. and it has all kinds of, you know, the thing I get so excited about is when I show it to, because you said, you know, you look, talk to manufacturing companies, and I'm like, I can't picture it, and it's like, oh, I, let me help you picture it. Like, we figured out a way to do it so you can see across a massive timeline how are things coming together okay. without someone having to do extra work to make that show up. Gotcha. Because I can read, I can read your state, I can read your iteration, I can read your assigned to, I can read your title, and I can put it out on a sure. chart for you to figure out. So you, as the person doing the work, don't have to do a lot more. Right. But you, as the person who cares about is the project on schedule, can see what you need to see. So we really benefited from the extensibility model that VSTS awesome. has, because that, for us, allowed us to add a custom link that would be the way we designated dependency, allowed us to add custom dashboard for it, um, we added custom widgets, but not so much sure. around dependencies. And that allows us to have the easier experience, like just use the form, just use the template, but if you can assert it with this one special thing, tell us it's a dependency, all this other value lights up, and then everything falls into place. Nice. Um, and it was, you know, it's interesting, because once we did that, then we discovered the next set of processes we needed, right? Which is once you do that, then people need a common nomenclature for how do I know what's important? Great, that's, you know, that's something we can all create and define and write down, and then once you use it, that's not an extra field. Right. It's already a field for that. Yep, exactly. And, and you get these benefits from that. And I like the way that you just described that, because I'm the first to say, focus on what hurts most first. Yes. And when don't try to sit down and dream up what the entire end solution is going to be, because you'll never get started. Because you're always thinking about one more thing you need to add, and you're just going to be simply designing for the rest of your life. But just focus on what hurts most. And it sounded like it was dependencies yes. for you. And you went and you found a way to solve dependencies, and all of a sudden something else lit up as saying, now that you fixed that, this hurts the most. This is the bottleneck. How do we then fix this? And then you were able to go and extend VSTS even further yeah. to say, now that we're going to take care of that for you too. Now what's next? Right? And I love the just piece by piece. And before you know it, you're going to look up and have this amazing system that's able to focus on what you want. Yeah. I have too many people who, who want to stop what they're doing and plan out their entire DevOps transformation yeah. before they ever start get going down the road. And it's nice to see that you were like, nope, dependencies hurt, we're gonna figure this out, and then we're gonna go and, and iterate over that as well. Yeah, that one's been nice, because the, the, it's also fun to watch a solution grow more valuable Right. and enable more folks. And so Perfect. once we defined our rules of the road, then we could create the dependency management system that sounded bigger than what it is. It's a link in the dashboard, but you know, still, it sounded it, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so once you define that, now we have this beautiful place we're in where we are starting to do it cross-account. Because okay. why do we care about cross-account? Well, it turns out Office depends on us sure. exactly as much as the teams within WDG do. Right. And the fun thing for us is then we get this opportunity to give back sure. and be like, look, you, you know, we're going to solve the cross-account problem or the cross-account linking opportunity this way. Right. Who else can benefit from this? And like gotcha. one of the things we've been kind of excited about with VSTS is getting these extensions available to, because I, I love the story you said, I, I did a, you know, a like, hey, WDG uses VSTS um, talk once, and one of the 
sales folks came up and said, I have a customer who has a thousand people and they want to use it. And I'm like, I'm going to laugh in your face. That's going to be rude. I'm going to pull it in. That is not polite. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we have 33,000. Exactly. I think you could scale. <laughs> and, you know, it was this moment for me of like, we want, you know, part of the reason we're even doing this is sure. like we want to give back. Like it is, we have seen the ability to do things we didn't know we could do. Awesome. And, and to your point, like we had to get focused yeah. and we still have tons to do. And I'm going to have engineers on the WDG team who watch this and go, well, I'm going to write her a letter. <laughs> I got a sternly worded letter. I think she's I talking about her. me. Because <laughs> she's saying that this is fixed and, and, God, yeah. and, and that's okay. Like, right. you know, we're, we're never going to be still working on it. Ex system. Exactly. I mean, even for the VSTS team, we've been seven years in our transformation. We're never going to be done. Yeah. You're always going to find ways to be more efficient. You're always going to find ways that you can actually go faster and no matter what you fix something else will then become the bottleneck it might even be something you fixed already yeah right that is now slower because you are so much faster everywhere else yes and you can go and reiterate on that just because it's not broken doesn't mean you shouldn't improve it yes and that's what you're gonna do with your DevOps pipeline forever so it's interesting because we, we we first talked about you being three projects and one account because you couldn't do cross-account linking mm -hmm. but now that you can is there any plans to break it apart further? Or are you like, nope, we're, we're, we're firing on all cylinders. We like it. We're accustomed to this now. Yeah. And as normal, we don't want to change because it's working. Yeah. Or are you thinking about going and changing the way that you're doing that? I don't know. That's actually on my plate for the next six months to figure to out. To figure that out? Yeah, and it's a genuine answer. Like Part of the reason I don't know is uh, I, a lesson I did learn that we've talked about already is change is bad unless it's great. Yeah. And this is a good example of one where it, it is not trivial at our scale to sure. run one of these systems. Sure. Um, it's not expensive, but it's not trivial. Right. And to figure out if that's worth it for the org to have many of them, it's, it's an interesting question that we're going to noodle on for the Yeah, and if it doesn't months. fix something, if there's nothing screaming out that, man, this hurts because we're close to each other, there's no reason to break it out. Yeah. But if there's something that says, this would be better if... But if that doesn't exist, there's no reason to go break what's not broken. I mean, I'm, I'm also, I mean, you can improve what's not broken, but you don't want to break something that is working really, really well, too, by thinking you're, you're going to go further than you're not. It so is a point of personal pride that when I took this job, the only thing folks wanted me to do was to break the account apart. Wow. And so it is like a personal moment of pride, which I shouldn't say that, but of like, that's not actually the way people want us to solve this anymore. Sure, sure. And so to your point, like now that we've opened up that opportunity, it's interesting to me that it's not the number one thing we think we need to go fix because we're so busy iterating on like even less fields, even more widgets, even more dashboards to create value for all of these. It's not the thing citizens. that hurts the most. Yeah. Right. It's not the thing we need to go focus on that. So that's really interesting. So what else, like any closing thoughts, anything that you would want to say to someone who's you two years ago, if you could go back to you two years ago and say, this is what you need to know to make this less painful, more efficient, what would you tell yourself two years ago? Um, I would have told myself, uh, have a plan. <laughs> Educate. <laughs> Start somewhere. Exactly. Uh, have a plan. Have the buy-off. Yeah. Have done buy-off. Don't allow what you don't want in the system. That's like, if huge. you don't want it in the system, don't allow it. And dream big on what you can do if you get folks aligned. Because gotcha. I also think we, um, we were so busy fixing that I actually think that now we're in the space where we just keep dreaming bigger on how we can make it even easier, even better, even more vanilla in some ways and customized sure. in others. Sure. Um, and so I wish 
we like I wish someone had told me like no dream big like go go for the big dream on this because um, we were stuck in a lot of incrementalism for a long time and then when we kind of snapped out of that got the top-down alignment and got a plan we were able to do really big things with VSDS awesome. um, and have faith that agile works for a reason it does <laughs> oh my gosh I mean that's another one that's just I go into companies and like well we tried agile but it doesn't work I'm like really it, it doesn't work so tell me about your agile process. Um, tell me about your daily standards. Well, we, we got rid of those. Uh, why is that? Because they were taking an hour long. Like, interesting. So yeah. what about, tell me about your retrospectives. Well, we didn't have those all the time. Really? No, no, okay. And your sprint reviews? Well, we only had them when we had something. So, so let me say, stop you there. You were never agile, <laughs> right? You were never agile, not even for one second, yeah. yet you're sitting here telling me that it fails. I think it was Ken Swaver said, uh, Scrum is like chess. Right, it can't fail. Yeah. Some play it well, some don't. Yeah. But it cannot fail. Yeah. Right, and that's and that's the way that I view it as well. It's just a series of, of rituals that you go through that all have value. And if you sacrifice the ritual, you sacrifice the value. And if you're willing to sacrifice it, you don't understand why you are supposed to be doing that. Right. Yeah. And you just don't get it. And I I'm a fierce defender of Agile and Scrum. Like, no, I've been successful too often for you to be able to tell me that it doesn't work. It yeah. will work if you believe. And, but I'm also the first to say that waterfall can work for you too. Yeah. It all depends on what your goal is. If your goal is stationary, it will work. And it sounds like, like again, you have a very unique challenge having to mix those two methodologies and together. And multiple methodologies. Yeah, it's yeah. just unbelievable that um, you're pulling that off. We might actually have to have another, cause I, I think I want to peel that onion back, but I don't want this, this show to be like four hours long <laughs> because I still think there's some really interesting things that you could probably share with companies who are in that exact same position where, yeah. and, and, I, and you can hear the frustration in their voice when they come to me and they are so agile and they are just so frustrated by this waterfall dependency that they have. Yeah. But it sounds like the Windows team has figured that out to some extent. Yeah. When again, it's that, yes, they're waterfall, but we all agree that every month we're going to come up and, and align yep. and make sure that we're running at the same cadence. But it's agile teams and, and waterfall teams coming together. So if, if time permits, I'm gonna have to have you back and, and I wanna peel that onion back a little bit further because I know a lot of customers struggle with that, especially yeah. in industries that aren't software. Yeah, you know, and so we had to align, uh, we had to invent over time a bunch of different processes that allow multiple modes of working to work all together. I bet. You yes. know, and, it, and it's, it's funny because once you do it, it, it seems so obvious that you needed those things. Right. But boy, it took us release over release over release over release to realize what those, for us, sure. what those key things were. And now we do have teams that are pure agile. We have teams that aren't at right. all. Right. We have teams that are, I think agile falls a bad word, so I shouldn't say sure. it, but are sure. somewhere in between. We sure. have teams that are, um, running pure, not running pure, running some concocted thing that only they use, that sure. they use uniquely. But I, I have the luxury of not caring right. as long as we all operate with the same rules of the road. Exactly. And, and it's, there's something also freeing about that and where, you know, when I hear folks like, oh, getting a thousand people to work together, it's like, I, you don't actually need them to. Right. You That's need them too. to agree on a language. Right. And yeah. like once you do that, like you kind of can navigate the rest by deciding what really matters. And, and sometimes I think you just need to treat adults like adults too, right? And stop treating them like children. Yeah. And sometimes people have so such low expectations of these highly paid individuals. I'm like, they're adults. Tell yeah. them what to do. Tell them the rules. Let's get this going and, and stop coddling them and treating them like children because they're going to act like children, right? It's yeah. just so, sometimes it's ridiculous some of the things that I have to hear. I'm like, 
They're adults, right? <laughs> These are adults that we're talking about? I cannot believe I'm having this discussion with you right now. Yeah. You drove yourself here? <laughs> Who helped you get dressed that we're having this conversation? <laughs> it just boggles my mind sometimes. But it's like, wow, treat, so just, just treat them like adults. Yeah. It has been an absolute pleasure Thank you for having you here. And uh, I hopefully that you will come back and we will have some more discussions on. Again, I really, my mind is noodling over this whole agile waterfall yeah. combination thing. I think it's, I think it can make for a fantastic show, but I've really enjoyed your time here. Thank you for Thank having you. me. I really oh, appreciate it. Thank you so much, Thank everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Perfect.